spoken maybe. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I have a dream at that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I have dreamed waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional materials. You wake up one morning after not reading a book since your school days and you decide to be a writer. With no good or bad writing to compare against your own, you just know how to write and anyone who tells you otherwise is wrong. Hell, maybe they're jealous of your natural ability to craft a masterpiece. After all, most people need to learn through a combination of books, courses, critical feedback and workshops. Not you though. It's not their fault. They don't realise your natural talent, but they soon will. How to Write Wrong is the new book by Amanda Steen. The book, which is an interactive story, gives the reader multiple options throughout its story. The book can be purchased from Amazon. Spoken Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and as of recording has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube and literally 10 or 11 other networks, the full archive can be found at Spoken Label all one word spoken label dot bandcamp dot com on the bandcamp it is set as pay what you want so you are entitled if you wish you can download it or stream it for nothing but if you throw me a couple of pennies my way it is always eternally grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running projects enjoy spoken hi guys it's had the end. Spoken label back in the house, and it's been one of those days today already. So we've already had computer issues with this laptop today, so hopefully we'll get any more of Spoken label. Now, but we're back on Zoom again today, and we're with a dear friend of Spoken label, Rosa. Now, we were talking on the first attempt at this, Rosa, weren't we? That we reckon we met about what, five, six years ago, originally, didn't we? And it shocked us both for form when we worked out that it's been two years since you did last year's last. Year, last Spoken Label session. And so, Rosa, introduce yourself to everybody. I'll let you take okay. over. Tell them briefly who you are and where your creativity came from. And then we can backtrack from there, can't we? Smashing. So, my name's Rosa Bright. I am a poet, performer, and professional weirdo based in Salford. And I've been living in Salford about seven years now. And, but I've been performing since. Well, I've done theatre, I've done poetry, I've done lots and lots of different things ever since I was a kid, and lots of writing. But the poetry really took off when I was about 21, 22, when I started performing um, in York. And then it's just taken off since then. And as, you know, alongside doing the poetry, I've done work for events, and as a character actor. Uh, you can sometimes see me dressed up in quite a lot of glitter at different events. Uh, festivals, things like that. So you'll see me popping up doing all sorts of bits and pieces, as well as some more traditional bits of acting and um, 
So all sorts of things which kind of comes under the poet performance of the widow Brilliant. Now, it's hard to believe when we were talking before two years ago, but the last time we talked, you just bought your show out, hadn't you? Love Calculator. Indeed, now, yeah, doing the Masters of Friends. Yeah. Should we backtrack and tell people what the Love Calculator was, first of all, if people want to book, rebook you for the show? I always, I always believe rebooking you just when you want to give you an offer for it. Yeah, so the Love Calculator was a collection of poems um, based on my romantic history. Um, and there was enough in it for at least an hour and ten minutes. Uh, so it was it was a potted version of my romantic history involving um, poems, songs on the ukulele. It was really interactive, very high energy show. Um, I did it at Gulliver's and I did it at King's Arms in Salford. And it was really, really cool, really good experience. It was the first time I'd done a solo show and put all my own material into something. And then I got nominated for Best Spoken Word for Manchester Fringe, um, which was awesome. Uh, I was really pleased with that. And yeah, so it, yeah, it was really, really good fun, really good experience. Um, and, you know, you were saying it's been like two years since you've spoken. It's amazing to see like how much material you can amass in what feels like quite a short time, but you actually realise, oh God, I've got enough to like put a show together. Um, and it, it, was, it was such a great experience. It really made me feel like, oh, yeah, I've landed. I am a poet. I've got a stamp. I've got a poster. I've got a show. The thing that I do. Yeah, um, I think you do. Yeah. I think you do when you just like that. It's, if you yeah. realise, don't you, you look back at yourself two years on thinking, wow, I can stay. No matter what happens next, I can say, I did that. Yeah, absolutely. And I did it all myself as well. I did all the posters myself. I mean, obviously, the Manchester Fringe is really supportive in terms of putting you in touch with the venues and things like that. But I did posters, the promotion, the interviews, the, um, I wasn't quite the bouncer, I had a friend of mine taking money on the door, but I would have done that myself as well, and like, <laughs> well, the dressed up as a bouncer, then, then ran off around the stage, basically, the <laughs> lights on as well, <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I could have got paid double for that, it's like doing two roles, isn't it, so, yeah, yeah, exactly, or if you, if you mess up the lights at the same time, doing three roles, mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. yeah, by the way, of course, we're here to talk beyond that, really, aren't we? And you were telling yeah. about, first of all, right before that, like, you did a community theatre thing, didn't you, about Salt Duckers? I did, yeah. Um, that was pretty much my, most of 2019 for me was doing that play. And we met up, because you were saying you and I met in possibly the October 2018, after the fringe had kind of been. And then the December, I met up with everybody for the first time. We had our first pub meeting before we cracked on. Wow. And then we spent six quite intense months doing lots and lots of workshops, doing lots of script work, lots of rehearsals, um, create this really incredible piece of community theatre called Sulphur Docker, which was all about, surprise, surprise, Sulphur Docks. Um, yes. Yeah, so it was exploring Sulphur's history. Um, it was really good fun, really good fun, because I don't know if you find this, Andy, being a poet, like it can be, it's quite a solitary thing. Um, and I grew up doing theatre. I was I got an award in college for being in every single play that they'd done. Uh, uh, and, wow. Oh yeah, yeah. They they gave out they said they gave out these things called the golden chickens, and I was the one who got it for being in every single thing. Um, so I've done a lot of theatre. I did a lot of theatre in school, and, and you know I did the Edinburgh Fringe when I was like seventeen. I did a play up there. Um, which involved me being dressed up as a giant rabbit, naturally. 
Um, <laughs> I expect nothing less of you, Rosa. There, absolutely. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you another time about the balaclava and the underwear, but uh, <laughs> the family's Yeah, that'll um, turn the podcast 18 if you did that one. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I was used to doing a lot of theatre and a lot of collaborative stuff, but then since starting doing poetry when I was, as I say, when I was like 21, 22, it's been quite a solitary, very solo thing, which was great. It was a real, it was a real balm then because it was just something totally different and you don't have to rely on anyone. You just work really quickly and just turn up and do stuff. Um, it's a really different process. And then doing something so collaborative because it wasn't just like a play, it was a community theatre piece which involved lots of intense stuff. We did research days, we were down the line, we were making props. We were really a community as we made it as part of Salford Community Theatre. It was really nice to go back to it and have that experience of being part of a cast, being part of a team. It was really, really lovely to do. I was it was such a great experience. Um, and I realised, yeah, I do I do miss this. I do miss like being with people. <laughs> That's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, you do, don't you, Mike? We've all been in lockdown for six months mm. now, basically. You can't do those sort of like you said play things on Zoom. It's not the same effect at all. It's not. No, it's not. We did we did do a little table read on Zoom, um, which was nice. It was nice to reconnect with everybody, and people did read out lines and things. But it is very different. You, the the real the heart of it is in being together and creating that shared experience. And I mean, I am I am a people person. You know, I like I like my solitude. I like my limelight. But I love we, all, we all do, don't we, as writers? We're all yeah. writers by natural. We like our pace-bound space. We're also like we, we do like the centre of attention to a degree as well. But is that but, of course we do. You know, we've all we all we all do. <laughs> we wouldn't do it if we didn't enjoy like some aspect of holding a space um, and sharing our work. You know, that's a lovely part of it. And I, I do miss the poetry scene. That you know, I was talking. You know, Paul Jenkins. I know Paul. I know Paul very yeah, well. Paul. Yeah, he's a good fella, isn't he? I was having a chat with him. I had a chat with him not Great so long ago. Oh, he's lovely. He's one of the nicest men I've ever met. He's such a nice man. Um, he, he and I were talking about how poetry performance is quite a social thing. I've really missed that because when I've got a performance, it drives me to write something new because I always want to bring something fresh. And it, yeah, it really hit home how much I miss being out and about. And when I, when I was, I went to a socially distanced thing the other week. Oh, yes, you told me about that before. So, yeah, so to, to just digress and tell us about that yeah. then. How was that experience then? Your oh. first live reading, probably what, in about seven months then, probably. Oh, I felt, I felt like a person again. I felt alive. I felt really enlivened by the whole experience. And it's such a nice night. It was staying in, in um, the old Abbey Tap House. Yeah. So supportive, real safe space, really diverse, great range of people, great range of talent. They give you feedback, it's really warm, it's just, and it was just nice to see people and be, make eye contact with other people. Oh, and it was just, it really gave me life, it really lifted me. Um, you know, the the sort of, oh my God, am I going to die? Did I pick up anything while I was there? Uh, I kept my mask on, anxiety after. And aside from that, really, really lovely. Really just, and it was not a night I've done before, and it was gorgeous. They've got fantastic poster art. They've just done a big campaign where they were um, releasing poems on posters all around Manchester. Really, just really nice. Really, really nice to do. Um, so, yeah, I did hit home how much I missed it. Can't wait yeah. to get back on it. 
Yeah, I think I think I have a lot of lot of creative people like us and people in general are climbing the walls to a degree, aren't we? Because mm. we just want to be performing again. And mm. I don't think it for this year now, to be honest with you, but we have to wait and see, don't we? So Yeah, I d I don't I don't think we will. I mean this one was a, a special ticketed event for World Poetry Day as well. Um, and yeah, I just wonder when it's when it's all gonna come back. But I mean we're at a time when they're gonna look at putting the pubs and stuff again, who knows? Yeah, all should be revealed to that one. So, oh, now, yeah. <laughs> in talking about yourself, anyway, we'll digress back to a nicer time, anyway. Oh, yeah. So, let's do, talk about last year, then, because I know you did um, some bits and pieces last year, and mm. I've, I've had a crash today, so I've lost the list of what I was going to ask you about. But I do remember you telling me that you met Jerry Corbyn last year, didn't you? Oh, I did, yeah. So, yes. that came out, out of the sort of dockers. We did the play. Met, and the other good thing about it is you meet loads of people from the local area, you know, people from all over Manchester got involved um, to be part of the and you meet people you get chatting other opportunities pop up and someone said oh you do a bit of emceeing don't you and I went, uh, yeah yeah I do yeah and uh, he said oh we've got this thing we've got this labour event do you want to do it I went yeah all right then I turned up um, and got to introduce Jeremy Corbyn on stage in Bolton and I was like oh that was quite good um, wow wow so that was that was quite an experience oh um, I, met, I met Ken Loach a couple of years ago Oh yeah. Yeah, he he was a he was fantastic. What he was, oh, really? Like Corbyn, he's got that sort of person. There's something about him, you know what I mean? Mm. Even like you think people of that age, because Loach is like think five or something, he's six now. Mm. Well, I remember about three years ago, and he was he's got a Corbyn's and he's got a fire in the belly. And mm. you don't always see that people when you get to you get too much older, basically. Mm. I've never met Jerry Corbyn, but I can imagine I've got. He was lovely. He made. He's got a really good sense of humour. He cracked some really funny dad jokes, and he met every single person afterwards. He just seemed like a really nice man. Um, but yeah, he was lovely, and yeah, so took everyone out for dinner, and that was. He was just a very very nice fella. He just seemed really warm, and just thought the town seemed all right. And it was all before the election happened, so there was a lot of optimism. Oh. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, and then after that, they said, oh, we do another one for us down at the Lowry. And it was another, like, Labour Roots roundtable thing, you know, where they got people together from the community to share yeah, 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 yeah. what they wanted to see. Did another one, and I did a couple of poems there, and uh, and just introduced him. So that was, that was really good fun. Um, really pleasant, really nice people. Um, he was just a nice man. He just seemed all right, you know. And cool, cool. Now you were you were telling me off the mic before, and I'm hoping I wrote this. I can remember this right. But um, you were doing some, you've been doing some paid gigs for weddings or something. A poet or was? I was, I was just about to break into the market as a paid poet, but no, like yeah. I, it was, I was just, yeah. So I, speaking of Paul Jenkins again, I did a night called Waffle, and this was last year as well. And from the back of that. Couple of people booked me for a private party. That was brilliant. I um, did a party in somebody's garden. I, those were the days, eh? To party in oh, somebody's garden. Oh, them. Don't remember them. Yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> you know? <laughs> so I did this brilliant party for an um, organisation called Nightwine, which was started by a midwife. And it's in Ramsbottom. And it was just like a group of mums getting together with newborn babies. And now all those newborn babies are 30. And like they've been friends, they've done Oh, wow. It's a great, oh, it's incredible, really, really incredible. These people doing amazing things. And because they'd seen me at Waffle, they said, Oh, we come do a poem, we're doing a 30th, and it's a surprise. And they commissioned me to do a poem as well. So I got the pleasure of 
my first commission and it was lovely it was so nice and such an honor to do you know to feel people like to work that much and say we do something for us and did that went really well um off the back of that somebody there said oh we've got a wedding come have a chat with us about that and do another commission unfortunately due to the pandemic and the lockdown that's now been postponed till next year all you know all things being well it'll be on next year um but yeah i'm supposed to be doing a wedding and things like that and i was looking forward to that um, oh that'd be fantastic that yeah. like it's i've seen stand-up comics i've seen bands and stuff do weddings and stuff i've never seen a start poet doing it Thought, you heard it here first, Andy. Yeah. We're here to tap into. Yeah. yeah. Rosa Wright is a national wedding poet. So I've had that in mind, everybody. Yeah. Next year, book her in when things are safe, Sarge. Oh, yeah. I'd like yeah. to see it. I'd like I'd... to see it. Definitely so. Oh, yeah. No, we'll do, do a Zoom wedding as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I, I promise never... I won't wear pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm wearing today as well. So. Oh, yeah. Now, you were telling me, obviously, Rosa, and you've, been involved in, you've done a few of the speeches last year, didn't you? Mm hmm. And I'm yeah, I've got my list now, so you have to wing it now to let me tell me what you've what you've been doing. All right, well, I know I've slept since then. So I did um did the open mic at a couple of festivals. I did Butterfield, uh, where I dressed up as a Glitterosaurus Rex Rex with a glittery dinosaur mask on it. Oh, fantastic. And then I did Woman Fest at the open mic. And then what else did I do? Uh oh, I've got my list here, is it? I did um a comedy podcast. Um, I was a voice actor in one then. Um, did Meraki Collective, which is a really great night in Manchester where they do poetry, they do spoken words, they do all sorts of stuff, and they do dance, and they do dance jams. Incredible dancers. You know, it's always a good night at Meraki. Um, and they do profit share as well, so any money that goes in goes straight back out to the artist as well. Oh, cool. um, did Flim Night um, at Upstairs and Gulliver's, and it was Con Air. And I did a poem all about Nicolas Cage. Oh, well, that, that, would have, that would have had Amanda Fulman in the mouth. I know she likes him that much. Oh, I, I love Nicolas Cage. He's, oh, I love Conair. It's a really good film. In my house, Conair's a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah, it's, a, it's so ridiculous. It's a fantastic film. But yeah. what gets me with him, Steve, Steve Buscemi in it, I think. Oh, it's yeah, like serial not. killer. Like, just yeah. absolutely, it's, it's that sort of role where you take it down. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. But Steve Buscemi as a massive, massive, nasty serial killer. Hmm. Oh, yeah, he, like, I think he's reported to have eaten somebody's brain in it, but he comes off as this really funny, sort of charismatic guy as well. It's like these, these wonderful bits in it. And, like, there's so many famous people in it as well. You know, you've got, like, John Cusack, Colin Meany, Nick Cage, John Malkovich. You've got oh, just so many people. Just yeah, and they're all just absolutely hamming it up. That's why I find it an absolutely incredible film. I've not watched it for years, I've done. It's very good. It's very, very good. And and as I say, because it's a Christmas film in our house, we like to get, for some reason, watching a film about planes in the desert at Christmas works for my family. You know, read into that what you want. Um, oh. I did a poem about a Christmassy sort of the night of Saint, the night of Saint Nicholas. That was Nicholas Cage. Really, of course, yeah, of course, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so. yeah. That was that was my 2019 in a potted version. Yeah, we're busy as ever now. I know in 2020 we've had lockdown, so we could talk about today, really. And we've had a bit of digression, as we always do. Yeah. You want your debut collection? Indeed, yeah. Now, this, I'm presuming, was wrote over lockdown. Pretty well, it, was, it? it was. It um, was pretty much entirely new material. There was one maybe that I took off Facebook because during lockdown, I think particularly early on, it was such an intense period of grief, really. You know, everything had gone and it was such a shock. 
I put a few poems, I started putting a few poems on Facebook from 2019 anyway, just cooking the odd one up. But then they took on more of a, I just need to emotionally process and stuff. And it doesn't so maybe one of them has been locked down in the book, but otherwise it's pretty much entirely new material that I've written specifically for this collection. Um, and yeah, I did um, I did a six week write your ebook course that dropped on the main box during oh, your wow. creative voice. And if you Google it, you can get on the course again. Um, and I know it's like I've been performing for years, I've done all this stuff, but I've never done a book and through doing the course, it just gave me that little bit of structure, that little bit of a push to say, yeah, I've done it. And then I did it. And it's like, I've got a book now. I've got a book. I've got a book. You can buy it on Amazon. <laughs> I was, because then like I said, we've known each other years. I was kind of surprised you never bought a book out before, actually. But I think with the, sometimes you go into theatre yeah. background like you've done, it's easier just to keep you on the shows all the mm. time, isn't it? So that's why. So Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, definitely. As a, I consider myself more of a performance poet or a... Um, and I've been listed as a spoken word artist. I did um, the Manchester Open just before lockdown in February um, at home, and I was a spoken word artist there. So I definitely see myself more in that front. But obviously, I put them down on paper somewhere first. And yeah, it just seemed, it, looking back now, looking at now I've done the book and how easy the process actually is, I'm just like, what was I doing? Why have I never had a book before? What's going on? But I'm just like, it's easy, it's so easy to do. And it was really satisfying. And I've, I've, I've loved it. I've loved the results of what's come out with the book. And writing the book itself is great fun. So, well, now obviously, we haven't told people what the name of the book is yet, have we? We have not. We've drum roll. Um, <laughs> so it's called For All My Mothers. Now, uh, where did the title come for this book? Then? So I didn't know the title of it. Yeah, so it's from a misremembered quote from Buddha. Um, Many great things tend to be. Uh, there's there's a quote in the book that um, treats each living being as your beloved child. It talks about how important it is to love everybody that you're with and love everyone that you meet and honour them. But it's also there's a quote I remember that was um, talking about treat everybody in the world as your mother as well. Now that doesn't mean go and resent them and blame everything and go into therapy for all of that. But what I mean is. These people are supporting you being alive on the planet in the same way that your mother would. So that guy in Starbucks is providing you nourishment, coffee, and it's very kind of him to turn up to work. So honour what he's done, honour the kindness that keeps you alive in the world, things like that. And it's also the idea that a mother, you know, there are poems in there for my mum and, and my dad and things like that. But a mother can be anybody you've got that strong attachment to and that real life-giving thing, whether it's somebody who I felt was with me and nurtured me and looked after me, or whether it's somebody that I've helped look after, or I've got that mutual bond with where I also care for people too. And I think, particularly in lockdown, I've really missed that. Yeah, really I think we're all having some ways, haven't we? Like I said, it's, there's a lot we've missed as people there. I think lockdown has made artists, and you're, you're a good example, like I am. You've looked at, I mean, you look at your own mortality in a different way, haven't we, really? So, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's what yeah, it's done, basically, with the book. Yeah, well, being a poet anyway, you do spend a lot of time going why and sort of the angst of it all. Sometimes. Oh, yeah, but I think as you get more mature as an artist in the book, as part yeah. of the book, you get cleverer at hiding it. Hiding <laughs> 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 it, burying the angst, oh gosh, yeah. yeah. But no, the angst is still there, but I think you just don't say hate, hate, hate when you're really more mature. You look at why mm. you're hating, and yeah, no, no, definitely. So yeah, now, definitely, okay. yeah. 
Now, okay, now what plans do you have for the future then? If, say, we lockdown comes out, man, if we get back into normal sense of normality in the next couple of months, do you have much plans you can reveal for 2021? Well, uh, watch this space because I am finding it difficult enough to make plans at the minute. But what I am finding is I'm making the most of opportunities that I do find. Like, for example, um, a few weeks ago, yeah, two or three weeks ago, I was part of Plymouth Arts Weekend there. Uh, and a friend of mine, we did a, well, I did a poem and she helped put some footage together. She was a really talented videographer and she did some editing, she made it all look really beautiful. Um, and we combined some footage that we both made. We submitted that to a film festival. Now, normally wouldn't, I wouldn't have anything to do with Plymouth. And I don't mean that as anything against Plymouth, but I'm not from Plymouth. I don't connect to it. But because of the online nature of everything, it does open up opportunities when you realise oh, we can do a virtual film screening or actually we can open things up. Now, we, we, were, we were Blue Rebels. There was a, they screened the poem under the title of Blue Rebels along with some other films that were from outside of Plymouth, I think, primarily. But it, you realise that it does open up avenues where let's make the most of this online environment, let's make the most of connecting with people. What alternative ways have we got of still creating things? I mean, even the book is an alternative way of creating for me. So who knows what's going to happen in 2021. 20, um, hopefully, you know, some live stuff, hopefully get back to the weddings, hopefully get back to seeing people and performing again. And at the same time, being open to these other opportunities, other art exhibitions which we can do at a distance, other things, other yeah. events. So fingers crossed it'll be quite an exciting year. Yeah, I think in some ways, um, 2020 is a turning point for the arts anyhow, really, because it's going to make us all look at doing things in different ways. And I, I've done a number of readings all over the country now. I'm just sat, sat in my armchair. It's fantastic. And mm. you've got talking to people and it's interactions and you can make contacts and friends who mm. means you wouldn't necessarily be able to do otherwise. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, well, when you and I were having a chat before we started, you were saying about um, Amanda doing stuff in America. And, yeah. you know, and I, you, you might do that. I don't know if she was doing that before lockdown anyway, but it definitely means that, well, there's no excuse not to now. Why can't we have a more international, more interconnected, more, yeah, just it's just a broader thing where we can include more people. And that includes the, like, disabled artists and things like that, where traditionally access has been more difficult. Now yeah. there's not the same access. Everybody can be involved, as long as you've yeah. got a computer, obviously. Yeah. Agreed. Got, like, yeah. Agreed, because you, know you know what I do with Ice and Stratford, local speaking mm. that's been like a live one in person. We've been doing a Zoom for about six months now. When we get back to normality, the plan I think will be is to do carry on doing it live on Zoom, whilst doing yeah. persons have both of them. Because it's things like this have took off. It's made people realise it in different ways. Definitely that. Means, yeah, good luck for you, definitely. So, if people rolls if people want to find out more about you, where is mm -hmm. this going? So you've got a couple of options, uh, and. You know, as I say, it's all been a development thing because I've now got an Instagram. Never thought I'd get an Instagram. But I've got wow! One. You tell me your Instagram. No, no, I never knew. I never knew you were open up. You were the hip kids now. <laughs> oh, I know. I've, I've finally, uh, <laughs> finally accepted that it's that's the the next platform to go. So, um, I've got Instagram, which is at Rosa Wright Performer. There's my website, which is rosawright.co.uk, and then my Facebook. My Facebook's the one I tend to update the most because it's the easiest to do. Um, which is facebook.com slash Rosa Wright Performer. So it's all kind of in that vein. Um, so you can reach me on any of them. I, I have a Twitter that I barely use as well. If anybody wants to tweet me, 
can, um, which is, I think, again, at Rosa Wright Performer. Um, but yeah, any of them, any and all of them, that's how to get in touch or find out a bit more about me. Um, yeah, and uh, there's lots and lots of pictures of me in a dinosaur glittery hat. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, well, that's all our questions for today. We're going to mm -hmm. pause the recording, and I know you're going to do a few promises in the second half, aren't you? So, yeah. Right. Hang around, everybody. Right, guys. Straight off to Rosa. Take care, guys. You'll see you in Spoken. Thanks very much. So, um, just to put my plug in before I start, this is from for all my mothers. It's available on Amazon if you want to purchase any of it. Here's the page to receive it. This one's called Math. Somewhere between Jean Harlow and Deirdre Barlow, you blow. British gas blue, dull office grey, Argos red. You let me play in the brown wash basket as I row out to sea over socks and underwear. You humour me and let me use the yellow bowl for party food and popcorn to make a mess. You bring home rolls of printer paper. I pick the top line strip the holy edges and then draw endlessly. Stiff felt tips lick, piercing and squeaking. But you draw the line at glitter glue on my tongue to make a Mel B stud. I love you like water and sausage rolls. I love you like books, like blood. Brilliant. Now, yeah, that's that, that's really good piece of me, but definitely so. I'm Mark Straightway, that's really evocative, fantastic, Rosa. Oh. You caught me out, I thought, I thought you were going to do more than what you did there, because I was just trying to find the pen this time. Brilliant. Okay. How many more did you agree on you to do today? It's just about three or four, didn't we? So three or four, so um, yeah. I, don't, yeah, I don't mind. I, um, I'll, do, yeah, I'll do a little one. In, in so this one's called Therapy 2. Now... It might be not a surprise to many people. I'm a trainee psychotherapist as well. So again, the attachment stuff is quite important. A bit of background. <clears throat> Therapy two. Motherly devotion doesn't always smell like cough syrup and chamomile lotion. But chamomile tea and a smile at stormy seas and eyes so pleased to see you, no matter who you decide to Come rain or shine, you're mine. Infernal maternal love keeps us fixed like glue. Is you is or is you isn't, doesn't matter. I'm mum to you. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, because yeah, I can see, cause I can see a bit more about it. That one, obviously, I, the Marpy showed one side of you as a person, like this therapy one showed another side of it as well. And I think as writers, it's always good if you can show different sides of yourself when you're writing. Seven and one topic all the time, so fantastic. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Lovely um, hair in absent candor. His fingers linger over scissors, ringlets falling random. And he somehow never slips to snip the six inch fringe of his sleeve, no matter how wildly he weaves and spirals, like the texture of our hair. Oh, wow. Brilliant. <laughs> You know, it's like I'm used to Rosen. Used to have one of my here. Used to be more performance stuff. You, they are, by nature, performance yeah. are a bit longer. But these are proper, like very you, but also quite short page poems as well. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you. Well, people have found this to be to be a very different experience to me as a writer. Um, 
quite interesting. I've had someone saying, it's you, but it's not, it's not what I expect. And it, there is a real difference between the page and performance, isn't there? So yeah, there is. And then one goes back yeah. and checks out your previous session for Spoken Label, hint, hint. You'll notice why some of your other pieces were very different in tone, but it's good. progression is good as I would say. So perhaps, perhaps I'm maturing as an artist, darling. Yeah, yeah, I could I can only be doing that posh <laughs> you don't blame us poems. Oh God, yeah, the Italian Oh yeah, yeah. I did that as a the labor they loved it as a labor company. Oh, well, I, I bet they did. I know you did that one professionally. Yeah. You sent me over for the last podcast. I remember it well, you sent me you sent it as a PS that way you did. And I'm going to go and re-download oh, yeah. that. Put that. Put that as another PS just to give people. <laughs> oh yeah, that'll be. It's a, it's a different experience to my introspective lockdown. Yeah, yeah I think people would be good yeah, to hear that. Definitely. So, right. Oh yeah, you, yeah, but, yeah. Do you want more? Yeah, just one more. We'll count it as the one big more. finale. Big finale. Oh gosh, right. I've got to think of what's going to be a good. Oh, I'll do you a little short one as a finale. I'll end on a bang. Mother's Day. From Mother Earth and my mother on Earth, I received the gift of my heart, my mind, and eyes. In response to the too bright light of pain, I squeezed them all shut. Thank you for helping me to open them again. Oh, that's, that's really beautiful, Rose. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. I've seen very, seen very sensitive society today. Oh no, I know it's 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 um, I'm a, yeah yeah. You've seen a more vulnerable soccer side. No. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, what's it like for you? Because you know me quite well, and is it a bit different though? Very different. I've not, I've not really enjoyed it. It's been lovely. Oh, it's always oh, lovely when you when you know somebody writer. I'm trying to tell you with a gentleman now. When you see a writer that goes and you've not spoke to him for a bit, like we haven't spoke for a bit, and doing a session like this. And I think back to your previous session, it's a completely different, it's, it's great. Yeah. I think lockdown has done that to everybody. Mm -hmm. Now you think next time we do a session, probably two years time, Rosa, you're probably <laughs> doing a hip, you're probably doing a, a, a hip hop set for us next time, won't oh, you? Gosh, yeah. I'll be doing some bizarre sort of bongo beat, like, who knows, who knows? I'll be a hologram by then, we'll all be holograms. Oh, <laughs> I think we're halfway there already, aren't we? So. I know, God, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm actually going on stage next year. Doing my ambient music. So, no, I didn't know you did ambient music. Yeah, really I've been doing cool. it for years now. Yeah, yeah. No. I've got two albums out on the Belgian record label, one in November, one in December. Right. Beginning of next year, I've got just had it confirmed. I've got to write the blurb for this later. Another one in January. And I think it's a French record stage want me to do a gig for them next February or March. No, that's amazing. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do it because I'm not that good. I can really good at what I'm doing, but it's all improvisation. I don't know You're a dark horse, Andy. I'm a you quiet, are a dark. I'm quiet and shy. That's what it is, right? Oh, right. Please send me the links for that. I love a bit of ambient. Yeah, yeah. So I say link up afterwards on Mark Mike. So brilliant. Do you right. know what's funny though? Well, just yes, before, do you know what's funny? I started making a bit of music during lockdown as well. Okay. I started making very surreal bits of random comedy stuff. Yeah, that's really interesting. Are ah, you dark horse? You. Well, I'll have to share some links and definitely. Yes, so, please. Now, yes, watch please. your space. It could be a club, possibly a collaboration on my way here, everybody. So, yeah, I'm collaborating. So, thank I'll, you. right, we'll conclude this bit, Rose. We're going to chat on for a bit anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Thank you again, as always, my friend. And hopefully, yeah, next time we'll... I see you, I'll be in person, not on Zoom. So, hopefully, so. It's been an absolute pleasure, Andy. Thank you so, so much. And um, yeah, just cheers. It's always lovely to talk to you. Oh, good indeed. Right. Stay safe, guys and girls. See you all soon. Spoken, mate. Don't.
blame us. We just sort the deserving from the undeserving poor. We just measure distances from ceilings down to floor. We tell them what's a bedroom, over 70 square feet. We just protect the interests of homeowners on their street. We tell those clods to move because they're under-occupying. We hear, oh, there's no houses, but we know they're all just lying. We know that they're just lazy and refuse to just make do. Because if we can all find second homes, then surely so can you. And if they're unemployed, we just sort hard workers from the shirkers and the slobs. We'll just cut off their benefits if they won't accept our jobs. We all are middle class now, so we're protecting you and me. So we think it's only right that idle scum should work for free. They say it's the recession. That's why their life is on the skids. But we know they're irresponsible and they have too many kids. We're helping them to help themselves with our fine workfare schemes. Because if you're really that poor, you can't afford hopes and dreams. And can I just say, we are not targeting the disabled or the genuinely ill. We just know if they can cheat the system, they definitely will. We know that they're just fraudsters who spend the day in bed. They even sleep in coffins and try to tell us that they're dead. The depressed. The anxious. They're just losers on the DOS. If we don't see a wheelchair, we just don't give a toss. We're not the nasty party anymore. In fact, we're quite soft touches. But we're all in this together, so please give back those crutches. And if you're old, in need of care, we give an honourable mention. While you give up your house and home and any kind of pension. But as I say, don't blame us. We sort bad apples from the barrel and work hard against the rot. We just protect us haves from those underhand have-nots. Because have-nots will do anything. They'll steal, defraud and lie. They're not hungry, they're just greedy for a bigger piece of pie. There's no such thing as inequality. Only failure to adapt. So say farewell to welfare and welcome 1% benefit caps. We're being cruel to be kind. We're being firm but fair. We're fixing broken Britain, which is in such disrepair. We're strengthening the NHS by introducing competition. We're giving doctors power because you can't trust politicians. And we had very good reason to increase tuition fees because we know only rich kids are smart enough for university. And we, we deserve some recompense. This hard labour breaks our backs. So we splash out on expenses and avoid our income tax. But as I say, don't blame us. We just sort the scum from the real salt of the earth. We determine just how much or little a human life is worth. Spoken like